Thanks for joining us here at New Song Church, where we are helping people to know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. If you have any questions at all or just want to learn more about us as a church, you can check us out online at mynsc.org. It's the best way to stay connected with us throughout your week. And now, check out this week's sermon. That being said, are you ready to study the Word of God, yes or no? Okay, we're going to have a fun day today. We are still in this series called Truth Not Trends, Truth Not Trends, and um, we're going to finish it next Sunday morning. I know it's Palm Sunday next Sunday, but we're going to finish the series next Sunday morning, then we're into the Easter uh, service, and then we're going to start a brand new series. I'll tell you more about that uh, down the road, but today I want to kind of set the stage for what we're going to talk about because it's so important, it's transformational, as all of these uh, messages have been, if you just listen to them and adhere to them, they're just transformational. And we are at a critical stage in our, in our society, in our culture, in this nation today. In fact, we are watching uh, what we would call an attack on truth that is happening in our nation right now. It, it's happening every time you, you look at the news, you watch the news, you open up a news app. You are, you are currently viewing an attack on truth in our nation, in our nation, and and the culture of morality and ethics, it is in decay right now in our nation. I think we can all see that happening. That that we are living in a very very unique time. Especially if you are over the age of forty, or definitely over the age of fifty. The culture that we grew up in as children is no longer the culture that we live in today. Things have changed significantly. In fact, uh, um, I, I would tell you that morality is under attack. Ethics is under attack, and, and, and not to mention Christianity. And, and if there's ever a time for the church to stand up in faith, but also to stand up in love, today is the day. This is the time for us to do it. This is the moment that more than ever before, I believe that the church needs to stand for truth in today's culture. So what we're seeing, everybody, is we're, we're seeing some hot topics in culture today, some of which we've already addressed, some of them we haven't, but we're certainly seeing uh, culture focus on things such as homosexuality and abortion and racism and uh, sexual orientation and gender identity. And we are watching these things unfold Right now, in fact, there's legislation in Florida that, that's happening right now, and it's, it's, it's going back and forth between, uh, uh, you know, Christians and non-Christians, uh, going back and forth between Democrat and Republicans, conservatives and and and, and liberals. It's just it's just this. They're having a heyday with this topic of teaching children, uh, of course, about sexual orientation or gender identity under under the, uh, the age or the, the criteria of being third graders or, or less. That's in debate right now. And, and we would think about when I was growing up or when, when any of you were growing up, that wouldn't have even been a topic in our world, in our generation. You know what I'm saying? And yet here it is. It is happening right now as we speak, as we speak. And there, there is certain things happening in our nation that should cause you com- some concern and at the same point, should, should cause us all to cry out to God our Father more than we've ever cried out to him before. That we would call upon the name of the Lord to have mercy upon our nation because our nation in general is going in the wrong direction. They, they, are, they are running from truth and are running to lies. They are, they are rejecting truth and embracing lies. Everybody, we need, we need as believers to stand up in this generation 
and preach and live and adhere to the word of God, which is truth. Can I get an amen to that, everybody? We just need that in, in this nation. And, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say something a little bit, um, something that you probably know, something that maybe you've heard before, but we are living at all of those things and many more considered. We are living in this era, this culture, where the, the message, the overall message that is being preached today is tolerance. It's tolerance. And, and in fact, though, if you, if you look at it even further than this, and you already know this to be true, that people who push tolerance have no tolerance for people who disagree with them. You see that? That people who push tolerance have no tolerance for people who disagree with them. So the very message that they're proclaiming is not the message that they are living. It, it is hypocritical in nature. It's meaning we're going to be tolerant, but if you don't agree with me, I'm not going to put up with that. And in fact, I'm, I'm going to call you names if you dare disagree with me because I'm tolerant and you're not. So, so they, they call us, uh, they call us names. And I won't go into that, but how many know what I'm talking about is true? You, you know, see, see, everybody, they... And, and I'm certainly not trying, to, in fact, the message of today, I'm certainly not trying to pit us against them type of mentality. In fact, I, I want to tell you that, that we have been called to live in this generation. We've been called by God. God chose us in this generation to not just sit, not just sit in a church uh, chair and, and complain, but to live our lives to make a difference. And we live our lives to make a difference, not, not by... Not by becoming angry, judgmental, critical people, but speaking the truth in love. We speak the truth, but we do it in love. We do it in grace. We do it with compassion. You know, I, I was, uh, I'm, I'm going to say something. This is very, this is very much um, planned on my part. You guys know this past Sunday night, you know about the slap heard around the world, right? That, that happened at the Oscars and, and, um, that, that whole thing. And, and I read three different articles this week. You know, now, if you, if you don't know what I'm talking about, one, it was on national television, one black man slapped another black man, okay? And I read three different articles blaming, blaming the fact that that was based upon white privilege. <laughs> three different articles, three different articles. And you think, well, that's just laughable. One black man slapping another black man, but yet it's, it's a matter of racism is what they're saying. It's, it's, it's founded in racism. And the way that these articles read, what was scary to me is there's a lot of people that would read these articles and believe what was being written because they sounded so clever. It sounded so wise. And if you are not founded in truth, you don't understand. Now, so, so this is what I want you to know as as a Christian, as a Christian, we are called to love every single person, no matter what their skin tone is, no, what, no matter what their skin color is. So I don't care if you're black or you're white or you're yellow or, or red. I, I don't care. You are valuable to God, and I'm going to love you for who you are, and I'm still going to share the gospel of grace with you. I don't care what race you are. I'm going to tell you about my Savior, Jesus Christ, and I'm going to do it in love because God thinks God, God is, is your creator and you are valuable to him. Therefore, you're valuable to me. Everybody, let me say this. There is no place for racism in the church. There is no place for it. And so we are not called to be racist. We're not called 
to do anything but to love every single person the way that God loves them. And yet, and yet we live in, in a culture today where there are certain things being preached and certain things being said. And if you are not careful, if you don't know the truth, you won't know where to stand. You, you won't know what to stand upon if you don't know the truth. In fact, God has a lot to say about this in the Bible. I'm about to read a portion of scripture to you that, that it, it, based upon what's happening in culture today, I pray that the scripture just comes alive. It's going to make total sense to you in a second. Before I do that, I need to tell you, I need to tell you that God is a God of process, that God is a God of order. And, and by order, I don't mean, hey, order in the court, like hey, peaceful, you know, we need peace in here. I don't mean that type of order, although he's a God of peace, but he's a God of order. He's a God of process. So if you look throughout the, the, the entirety of Scripture and just the nature of God, God is a God of process. So for instance, on day one of creation, you know, God created the heavens and the earth. Like he created, then the next day he created, then the next day he created. He didn't create the birds first. Had he created the birds on day one, where would they land? And what would they eat? And how would they see? See, God is a God of process. He, in the beginning, he created the heavens and the earth, and he eventually got to the animals, but the animals weren't first because that would have been out of order. God is a God of process. God is a God of order, and he's a God of order in your life. In fact, he's a God of order in everybody's life. For instance, number one, write this down, that God's plan or God's order is birth, growth, and maturity. Birth, growth, and maturity. There's an order that when we come to Christ, the Bible says we are born again. We, are, we have the spiritual birth in Christ Jesus. We are made new. The old is gone. The new has come. So we are born again. We are saved by grace through faith. But then we, we, upon salvation, we enter into a process of growth. And the ultimate goal is that we would be mature in Christ. Now, for those of you in this room that think I'm saying the word wrong, that you say, Pastor, it's not mature, it's mature. It's mature. First of all, I looked it up in the dictionary, and I'm just as right as you are, everybody. <laughs> you can pronounce it either way. So if I, if I go back and forth, forgive me, I normally say mature or maturity. I'm just saying, look it up. Look it up, okay? So don't sit there and be distracted the whole time because of my, my, my ver verbiage here. But God wants you to grow in the faith, not only come to the saving knowledge of Jesus, but he wants you to grow into the, in the faith to the point of maturity. That's where he wants you to go. And the problem is what I'm seeing in the church today and what you're seeing in the church world today in this nation is a lack of maturity. Let me say it a different way. Is a lack of people standing up for truth. We're seeing a lack of that. And the reason for that is because we are not maturing the way that God has called us to mature. And maturity and truth go hand in hand. And I'm going to prove that to you today in Scripture. You ready for this? We're going to start in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11. Because God has something to say about this. This is the Apostle Paul writing to the church at Ephesus. And I'm going to show you that he was dealing with cultural issues just like we are today. Now, these are the gifts Christ gave to the church. The apostles, the prophets the evangelists, and the pastors and teachers. Let's just stop right there. Everybody say, Pastor Justin. Come on, everybody, you got to say it. Say, Pastor Justin. Pastor Justin. 
You are a gift. Oh, yeah, that's what the Bible says right there, everybody. I'm just messing with you. If you don't know me, I like to joke. I'm just messing with you. But it says their responsibility. So my responsibility as your pastor is to equip you, to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church, the body of Christ. So there's two different things, that we, that we do his work and we build up the church, that you do his work and you build up the church. This will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son. So faith and in truth and knowledge of God's Son. Remember, Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. So we're coming to the truth and unity and faith that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. Let me say it this way. That part of maturing in the Lord is not, is not growing into what my standard would be. Certainly not the standard of this world. But to the standard of Christ. Why? Because I've taught you this. Jesus is the plumb line. He's the absolute source of truth. That, that the Bible says it in, in multiple ways that God is true, that God the Father is true, God the Son is true, God the Spirit is true, and the Word of God is true. So that is the external reference. God is the external reference, and His Word is the external reference that we look for as the plumb line in our life. Me, meaning, everybody, He is the standard. It's not my standard. And by the way, it's not your standard either. Because even you and I, we might have different opinions. We, we might have things where we, where we just kind of differ in a few things, but everybody, I, I'm not the standard. You're not the standard. Christ is the standard. Truth is the standard. And when you embrace that standard wholeheartedly, you're showing maturity. Let's read on. Verse 14. Then we will no longer be immature like children. We won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching. We will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever that they sound like the truth. Instead, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of his body, the church. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly as each part does its own special work. It helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. That we are healthy and growing, we are maturing, full of love. So here we find in Ephesians, we find, everybody, the indications of infancy. Now, we're going to talk about the indications of maturity in a second, but here are some indications of infancy according to Ephesians chapter 4. So the first indication of infancy that Paul says is alternating between worldly ideas and biblical truths. That if, if you find yourself going back from biblical truths to worldly ideas, so you believe what the world says, and then, and then in some areas, but then in other areas, you're holding to the word of God and say, well, the word of God is true. You, the Bible would say that you are immature. That you are, you, you're not just a child of God, you're a child. 
of God. How many know what I'm talking about? That you're just immature. And he says it this way, that we won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching is how the Bible says it. But he's saying, listen, you know that you're still in infancy when you don't know what to believe. Or sometimes you believe the word of God and sometimes you believe the world. See, my wife and I, we face this all the time. We're dealing with it right now in several people. That, that they have gone out of their way to tell, to tell their family and to tell their friends that they are absolutely exactly where they're supposed to be, that they're living out the word of God, that, that God loves them uh, um, and accepts them, not only loves them, but accepts the way that they're living. And that he, let me say it a different way, that he not only loves them, but he endorses their way of living. Even though when you look at their way of living in comparison to the word of God, they are living in sin. And what they have done is they have embraced winds of teaching from the world. And so, well, I'll take a little bit of that, but I'll also take a little bit of the word. So I'm going to embrace the grace of God in my life, but I'm not going to embrace holiness. That's a danger, everybody. It's dangerous to do that. As I've told you before, and what we encourage people to do, and I would be a terrible pastor if I didn't do this, is that if we embrace the word of God, and we do, we have to embrace the entirety of the word of God. It is either all true or none of it's true. And if it is true, then it has to be embraced and adhered to and lived out to the best of our ability. It has to be. But there are people who are trying to customize their own religion based upon the teachings of the world and the teachings of the word of God. And I'm telling you, everybody, heartache awaits. Pain awaits. We cannot live life like that. And it's a sign of infancy. Another one, being swayed by those who seem to be clever or wise. I was just telling you about those articles. As I was reading those articles, I said to myself, boy, if people weren't, if people weren't thinking this whole thing through, they might think that that article was really smart that that person was really wise because they worded it in such a way that seems so clever. And yet, I know the truth. And it doesn't align with the truth. But if you don't know the truth, how do you know what aligns with it or not? If you don't know the truth, how can you read things and be able to tell if it's right or if it's wrong? We'll come to that in a second. So the Bible says it again that we are often swayed by those who seem to be clever. It says it this way in Ephesians, we will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever that they sound like the truth. The third way of a third indication of infancy, speaking harshly with attitudes of pride and judgment. Remember, the Bible says that we are to speak the truth in love. But a sign of infancy, everybody, a sign of biblical infancy is that when you, when you come to an understanding of the truth and instead of speaking the truth in love, you speak it in judgment and you speak it in pride and you speak it with the, the intention of attacking somebody or I'm going to set them straight. Listen, that is not the heart of God. It's not the heart of God. And if you live life like that, that you live your life trying to set people straight, can I tell you? It's a sign of infancy. It's not a sign of maturity. Oh, that'll preach right there, everybody. That'll preach right there. It's a sign of infancy. I was just telling my, my, my boys this, and I've, I, I've told them this their whole life, and I've told you this several times, that, that uh, my, my boys are now that, now that they've, 
They le- they've left the Chambers house, and they're in college now. And you think, well, they're in Bible college. They're kind of protected. Let, let me tell you something. They're, they're living in the, in the world now. They're outside of our house, and they'll call up and say, well, Dad, so-and-so said this, and so-and-so said this. And I, and I just wanted to set them straight. Whoa, son, so we'll, we'll back off a little bit, back off a little bit. Because you need to live your life not to make a point, but to make a difference. You need to live your life not to make a point, but to make a difference. Meaning this, we stand for truth, absolutely, but we speak the truth in love. If you're speaking the truth, but doing it in anger and judgmentalism and criticism, if you are condemning people by your words, you are proving infancy in Christ, not maturity. So there is a way to stand firm in the faith and to stand firm in truth and yet to present it in love. Jesus said, we all know John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him would not perish but have everlasting life. John 3, 17, for Jesus didn't come into the world to condemn the world, but that through him the world might be saved. So Jesus didn't come to condemn everybody. He came to save everybody. And I've told my my boys, and I'll tell you this, don't live your life to make a point. That's condemnation. That's judgment. That's pride. Don't live your life to make a point. Live your life to make a difference. And when you live your life to make a difference, you'll make a point. You'll make the point. You'll be be speaking and living and embracing the truth, but you'll be doing it in love. Amen? Amen. So, indications of infancy. Now, here's some infancy. No, no, let me get to 1 Corinthians chapter 3. I love this. I love this. This is Paul writing now to the church at Corinth, and he says this, when I was with you, I couldn't talk to you as I would to spiritual people. I had to talk as though you belonged to this world, or as though, here's the word, or as though you were infants in Christ. I had to feed you with milk, not with solid food, because you weren't ready for anything stronger. And this is terrible, and you still aren't ready. How do I know? Well, you're controlled by your sinful nature. You are jealous of one another and you quarrel with each other. Doesn't that prove that you are controlled by your sinful nature? Like, what's what he's saying? He's saying, you're living your life to make a point. You're being critical. You're being quarrelsome. Isn't it proof that you're infants? And that now do you see it? Aren't you living like people of the world. Oh, oh it, okay. So, so you go home today and you, you check the mail. You, you open up the mailbox and all of a sudden you receive a letter from the apostle Paul. Oh, oh what does the apostle Paul have to say to me? Hey, hey, I love you guys. You're like babies. You big old baby. You act like the world acts. You talk like the world talks. When I come to you, I I have to give you milk. I can't even give you solid food. And you would be reading that letter. If that was you, you'd be reading that letter like, I need to grow up. How many know the church needs to grow up? We need to grow up, everybody. Not, 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 I'm I'm not talking, I'm talking the church, capital C. The church in this nation, we need to grow up. We need to mature in the faith. One of the biggest problems with the church in America today is that it is full of infants. 
Not many amens on that one. Am I stepping on some toes? Maybe, I don't know. There's too many infants in the church. Now, now you can never have too many infants in as far as winning people to the Lord Jesus Christ, that they are being born again. Of course we want infants in the church, but some of you have been infants for a really long time. And God says to you today, no, 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 I don't want you to be an infant. I want you to mature. I want you to grow up. I want you to stand firm in the faith. I want you to stand for truth in a nation that is not embracing truth. In fact, they are fabricating and propagating lies. And in this nation, now more than ever, we have to know the truth and stand firm in the truth. But to do with that in love, to do it in love, not to make a point, but to make a difference. So are you mature in Christ, indications of maturity, indications of maturity are this, that you're becoming more and more like Christ in every way. He says that in Ephesians 4, 15, growing in every way more and more like Christ. Are you growing every way more and more like Christ? He also says this in verse 16, as each part does its own special work. So have you discovered or are you embracing your God-given purpose? Did you know that's an indication of maturity? That, that you are becoming more and more like Christ in every way and that you have discovered and you are embracing your God-given purpose. That you're doing a special work in the kingdom of God. If I were to ask you today, are you doing a special work in the kingdom of God? If you just say, I, I, no. Can I tell you, you got some maturing to do. And that's not a bad spot to be because I don't know how long it's been since you've come. I'm, I'm not saying that that's bad. I'm saying it is time for you to discover your God-given purpose and to live it to make a difference in the lives of others. Can I tell you this? If you don't know what your purpose is, in May, I'm going to be starting my group again, that, that Live Your Dream group. It's talking about learning to dream and living the dream. It's all about your purpose. I'm going to help you to discover it. And if you just give me four weeks, I'll walk you through how to discover your purpose and how to live it out in your life. Now, if you've gone through the class, a few people go through the class and it's like, Pastor, I, I, I still don't know what my, my purpose is yet. And, and, and I'll say, hey, sometimes that takes a little while. Come back and talk to me. We'll, we'll meet about that just one-on-one. I'll guide you. I'll equip you. That's my job. I love doing it. But I, can I tell you something? If you don't have a vision, I'm going to be really bold here. If you don't have a vision and yet you're part of this church, you're, you're a member of this church, if you don't have a vision, why don't you help embrace mine? Because I got one big enough for all of us. Because there's a community that needs to be reached for the glory of Jesus Christ. This community is lost. This county, there's 44,000 people living in this county and half of them don't know Jesus. How many know I need some people to go out there and make a difference in Marshall County? And that doesn't include Stark County. It doesn't include Fulton County. It doesn't include Kosciuszko. We have people from multiple counties coming all this way to attend New Song because this is a vibrant, life-giving, Bible-believing church. How many know North Central Indiana? We need an awakening here in this, in this area. So if you don't know your vision, hey, why don't you help embrace mine? Be a part of it. Join a dream team. Make a difference. Just live your life to serve others, to care for others. Don't live your life to make a point. Live your life to make a difference. 
And in doing so, you'll make a point. In doing so, you'll make a point. This is great stuff, by the way. I'd, I'd pay money to hear this. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just joking. If you don't know me, I'm just joking. I, I promise you. The third thing is helping others grow in Christ and in love. As he says this, that instead we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more like Christ. As each person does his own special work, it helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. The whole body, the whole body, babies, toddlers, children, junior hires, teenagers, singles, married, families, mature, the elderly, the whole body, the whole body. See, everybody, we have to help others grow in Christ and in love. It's a calling that that all of us have. The Bible says that God has given all of us a ministry of grace and reconciliation. We all have been called to it. So we need to be involved in it. 2 Corinthians 13 Verse 8 says this, for we cannot oppose the truth. Can I tell you something? That the truth, truth stands forever. I've taught you this. It's everlasting. If you try to oppose it, you will not win. Because truth is always victorious. It always wins. In the end, truth will reign. I promise you that. Truth will reign. For we cannot oppose the truth, but must always stand for truth. We are glad to seem weak if it helps show that you are actually strong. And we pray, Paul says, we pray, and I pray, new song, that you will become mature. It's my heart's desire for you, that you become mature. So how do we do it? Let me ask you a question before we go on. So where are you at right now? Have you not been born again? Because the first is birth and then growth and then maturity. Have you accepted the Lord Jesus Christ as Savior? Truly repented of your sins and asked Christ to come in and change you and to make you new? Have you submitted, surrendered your life to Christ? And if you've done that, are you growing in the faith? Or have you just paused? Are you still an infant in the faith? Are are you easily swayed? Do you have a hard time standing for truth? The people who don't know God, do they seem clever to you? Or can can you see through them? Do you have a hard time with your tongue? <laughs> Ooh. Yikes. <laughs> Yeah, I do too sometimes. I do too. We have to embrace maturity. And maturity is obtained. Number four, write this down. Maturity is obtained through training in truth. Here's just one of many verses I could have used to prove this truth. Hebrews 5.14. Solid food is for those who are mature, who through training have the skill to recognize the difference between right and wrong. How are you able to recognize the difference between right and wrong, between what is, between what is true and what is false? 
The Bible says it is training. Training. Training in what? Training in truth. You have to be trained by truth to know the difference between right and wrong. Here, here, here is what maturity is. Maturity is consistently living out truth in thoughts, in words, and in actions. And notice the key word there is consistently living out truth. Consistently. Consistently. Every single day. See, here's the, here's the deal. If, if we need to, if we need to um, uh, you know, uh, all, and all of us should be doing this exercise. Let's talk about exercise. And a lot of us are like, oh, I don't want him to talk about this too. Pastor, I've had enough. Just stop right there. Okay, exercise. How many know that, that a lot of times you've done this too? You've gotten up one time and you said, I'm going to exercise. But then seven days went by and you didn't exercise after that, right? Can, can, can you say at that point, if you just exercise once a month, or once a week, could you say at this point that you're in training? No, 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 no. See, you're in training when you exercise every single day. When, when you commit yourself to something every single day, that's when you would say, I'm in training. I'm in training. And when you commit yourself to truth every single day, then you are being trained by it. You are in training. And then you will consistently live out truth in words and Thoughts and inactions. You see that? But it has to be consistent. See, see let, let me move on here. Maturity then is also measured according to tra- training, this thought of training. Maturity is measured by discipline and not desire. By discipline and not desire. A lot of people have the, des- the desire to exercise or a lot of people have the desire to go get fit, but there are other people who actually have the discipline to go do it. They actually have the discipline to go do it. So it's not a matter of desire. It is a matter of discipline. It is a matter of discipline. Discipline is really important when it comes to maturing in Christ. You have to be disciplined. You have to be disciplined. So every day I pray this prayer. Every day. Lord, today I choose to be a man of integrity. Today I choose to honor you. Today I choose to worship you. Today I choose to be the man of God that you have called me to be. I just pray those type of prayers, and it's not always the same. I might word it differently every day, but I, I, have, I have devoted myself to the Lord Jesus Christ. It doesn't mean I'm perfect in every area, but I am certainly not who I used to be. I'm not perfect in every area, but I'm better than I've ever been by the grace of God and his power at work in my life. See, everybody, I had to move past desire to discipline. At one point in my life, I had, this, I had this great desire. I desire to be a man of God. I desire to be a man of faith. Then I asked myself a question. Well, who was stopping me? Just me. Because nobody can stop you from being the man or woman of God that you've been called to be except you. Even the devil can't stop you. Because greater is he who's in you. And he who's in the world. So the devil can't stop you. So, so go past desire and move to discipline. And I'm going to be a man of God. I'm going to be a woman of God for the glory of God. And when you make that decision and you move in that direction, you'll show yourself mature. The last one, maturity is seen in our obedience to God 
and our love for others. As I study this and study the, the, the message of truth, you see how truth and, and, and maturity, they go hand in hand. And many theologians, many scholars said this, that the, the, the fruit of maturity is obedience. You might want to write that down. The fruit of, the fruit of maturity is obedience to Christ. Obedience shows that you're mature in Christ. Obedience to Christ in all things at all times. In all things at all times. See, this nation, this nation, we are in need of, a, of an awakening in this nation. We're going the wrong direction. I don't know of one person in this room who would disagree with me. I think you can all look at what's happening in our nation and say, something is wrong. And this nation needs the church, capital C, now more than ever. And God placed us here in this generation to make a difference. But in order to make a difference, new song, look at me. In order to make a difference, we need to be mature in the faith. We need to be mature in truth. One, a, a very dear friend of mine, um, heard about my wife and I starting New Song. Um, so this is 18 years ago, before we ever had our first service. I met with him and I, we prayed together and uh, had a very special moment together of prayer. And he just spoke a blessing over me and over you. He didn't even know who you were yet. And uh, I tell you, New Song, you've been blessed so many times by people you'll never even meet. It's unreal. I got people praying for you all around. I mean, just everywhere that, that you've never met, that never even been here in person. And they pray for you. And one of them looked at me and as we were praying, and he, he calls me PJ, as, as a lot of people do. And that's okay if you call me PJ. I'm used to it. PJ, he said, beware. As, as soon as he said, beware, boy, he got my attention. BJ, beware. He said, don't be a lukewarm church. You're not called to it. Don't be a lukewarm church. And boy, I have remembered that ever since he said it because we are not called to lukewarmness. We are not called to mediocrity. That is not our calling. In fact, that is the calling of no Bible-believing church. No Bible-believing church is called to mediocrity, to lukewarm living. None of us are. He said, beware. Why was he saying that? Because it's so easy to be distracted away from the things of God, from truth. Because what the world offers, sometimes it seems so inviting, it's so easy to get drawn into it. But beware, new song, beware. God never called you to live a lukewarm life. He never called you to mediocrity. In fact, the Bible says it this way, Justin's paraphrase, mediocrity makes God sick to his stomach. How many know what I'm talking about? He said, listen, if you're lukewarm, I'll just spit you out of my mouth. Lukewarmness makes God sick to his stomach. He doesn't like it. 
everybody, it's all or nothing. So let's be all in. Because Jesus is the way and the truth and the life. There is no other way except the way of Christ. And it demands, the way of Christ demands that we are all in all the time. And that we are born again and then we grow and then we mature. And we live out the truth in love, making a difference in the kingdom of God and in this world for the glory of his name. Do you receive the word of the Lord today, yes or no? Amen. Stand up with me. This has been, again, a transformational series. I I hope and pray that you've listened to it, that you adhere to it. I'm going to ask a a very simple question before we go any further. First of all, if you've not given your life to the Lord Jesus Christ, he is the way, the truth, and the life. And he's one prayer away from you being born again. You're one prayer away from Jesus Christ coming in and changing you, making you a new creation. And for those of you in this room, I'm going to pray in just a second. I'm not going to have you raise your hand or anything today. But I'll pray a prayer. And if you pray that prayer of just repentance with me, inviting Christ into your life, today's a day that you will be forever changed. And I would encourage you after the service, just go to the next step. I'm sorry, go to guest services and tell them, hey, today I gave my life to Jesus. And they're going to give you a, a book called Fresh Start. In fact, this book is just so helpful. I've got a copy of it right here. It's just a small book. And it'll help you just get, get on, on, on your feet concerning Christ. It'll just help you build a solid foundation that you can build on. And, and I think there's some people here in this room right now that you know who you are. That today's the day that you need to experience new birth in Christ. There's others, though. Let me ask you a question. Have you, have you been a child for a really long time? Like right now, you're looking at your life saying, you know, I, I should be mature by now. And I've always had the desire, but you just didn't have the discipline to grow in the faith. Today, can I call you to another level? Can I call you to a better level of growth? Can I call you to maturity? Move past desire into discipline. Study God's word. Pray. And get involved like never before. And make a difference in your life. Discover your purpose. Live it out. Mature in the the faith, everybody. We are not called to be lukewarm. We're not called to be mediocre. We're called to be changed and to help others experience that change by the grace of God for his glory alone. Can we bow our heads? Would you open up your hands toward heaven? Heavenly Father, for those in this room, today they want to be born again. We confess, Jesus, that you are Lord. I confess that you are Lord. You are Savior. You are the way to heaven. And I know I'm a sinner in need of a Savior. 
and I invite you into my life. Today, I repent of my sins and I confess my need for you and I'm inviting you into my life. Today, I'm surrendering my life to you. And now by your grace, I thank you that I'm born again that the new has come and the old is gone, that I am new in Christ Jesus and that my past does not define me. But now the grace of God defines me. The love of God defines me. I have been accepted into the family of God, not because of my goodness, but because of the goodness of my Savior, Jesus Christ. I thank you, Father, for saving me. Thank you for saving me. we do something else if you just need to grow in the Lord a little bit more could you just raise up your hands toward heaven both hands toward heaven this is an act of surrender as an act of faith we're saying to you God that we're going all in we're moving past desire into discipline that we're going to stand firm in the faith that we're going to study your word We're not just going to study it. We are going to believe it. We're going to embrace it. We're going to adhere to it. We are going to live it out consistently in our thoughts, in our words, in our actions. I'm making a decision today to be disciplined in the faith, to move on past infancy into maturity. Lord, I know that's what you're calling me to. You're calling me out of mediocrity. You're calling me out of lukewarmness. And I I repent of that today. And Father, I make a choice that I'm coming out of those things. And I'm going to walk in maturity. I'm going to walk in faith. I'm going to walk in truth. I'm going to walk in the manner in which you have called me. So that I could live for the glory of your name. For the benefit of others. That I could live out my own special purpose. And do a special work. So that the body of Christ may be built up. And so that many people could come to know Jesus Christ as Savior. Lord, today I choose not to make, not to live my life making a point, but to live my life making a difference. And as I make a difference, it'll make a point that Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior. And he makes all things new. Father, we pray for our nation. God, specifically for our nation. We are seeing truth being attacked like never before. And people are being duped into believing lies. They are being hoodwinked. Will we pray, Father, have mercy upon our nation. Oh God, open their eyes to see. Open their ears to hear the word of truth. And may your church arise in our nation to make a difference like never before. I pray for this generation of believers that we would live our lives according to your will and according to truth, but we would do it in love. We would not do it with hearts of judgment or condemnation, but we would do it in the fullness of love because we have been changed by your love. Help us, Father, in all things at all times to live the way you've called us to live. And we pray, Father, have mercy upon our nation. May we come back to you. And we pray it all in Jesus' name, and we thank you for it. Could we just give God a big hand clap of praise today? Say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for doing it. We have one more week. We have one more week in this series. Don't miss out. Next Sunday morning, we're going we're gonna to 
it's going to just come to a great end next, next Sunday morning. Don't miss out. Bring a friend. And uh, let's live lives, not of desire, but of discipline. Amen? Amen. God bless you guys. I love you more than you know. I'll see you out there. As a church, it's our honor to play a small part in what God is doing through your life, and we would love to continue on that journey. To find out what your next steps could be in your relationship with Christ, all you have to do is go to mynsc.org connect. Thank you to all of you who consistently give, serve, and pray. You are the ones that God is using to truly make a difference in our community as we live out our mission of leading people to become fully devoted followers of Christ. We hope you tune in next week.